Material Components, Season 2, Episode 44, The Heart of the Cards. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about a galaxy of magic and the adventurers who live there. I'm your humble dragon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Heck yeah. Very happy Hello. to be here. Happy New Year. Well, it, it, due it to podcast travel. time travel, I, I yeah. I suppose it will. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That means uh, this episode correct. will not age well, though. Yeah. In, in fact, this will them? be the I second think... episode of the new year. Yeah. It's fine. I was going to say, happy it'll... New year. it'll... <laughs> I mean, you could say happy that, new that year for 2021, week, you know? That like, first week could have sucked, so it's fine. Yeah, well, we got a do-over on that first week of 2022. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, now that we've said it, we were, like, beckoning <laughs> some horrible event to happen in the yeah. first week. Oh, please, add it to the anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we? I'm me, which is to say I'm Olivia, and I'm playing Florina Vacalar. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Shay. I am Michael, and I am playing Oswald Octavius Theophilus III. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Amari. Indeed. And of course, before we begin today's session, I have to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, Michael, yeah. do you remember what happened last time? Well, as a matter of fact, I do, um, and not because my memory is, is great or that my notes are super in-depth. I just happen to remember that we, we, we didn't, not a lot happened, so let's just, let's just get into it. Mostly uh, a series of decisions, and by that I mean two decisions needed to be made by the end of the episode. We managed to get one, so I feel like we're, pretty, we're on a pretty good track. So the one that we actually got is we decided that Harcourt will not be turned into authorities, will not be jettisoned into the vacuum of space, uh, but will instead be given a second opportunity to redeem himself uh, by joining the Cole Foundation. So we'll sort of drop him off somewhere and he'll join separately. Hopefully he doesn't you know, skip out, but if he does, then that's his decision. The other big decision that we didn't quite get to is what do we do with these two Doomsday devices? Now, these are the two uh, God's Tech pieces that we found during our last mission found yeah i mean took, acquired uh, acquired uh via a mild amount of violence yeah um <laughs> we discovered within the the premises that what the children of atir were occupying but i either way uh, a few like throwing it into a black hole or a sun was bandied about uh returning them back to their original places was bandied about but Ultimately, we're, we're heading back in that direction, and I think we're just hoping that something will happen that will make us make that decision. So, you know, that's where we are. Uh, but on our way back there, we got a distress call from a ship that we discovered was called the Phantom Queen. Now, uh, those of you who were listening last time will know that there might be some sort of fake connection, uh, at least by the name. We don't know anything else. Uh, but we decided, you know, we're we're good Samaritans. We've got a, uh, you know, people's best interests at heart. So we went and helped this individual. Went onto their ship, and it seems perfectly normal. It's just one Midrian appearing individual, and in fact, she is a steader. 
she, well, she has her eyes are black blackened over, implying that she is a stetter. Of the the old Midrian bloodlines, the Stedders are a people known for their physical endowments. They are a large people of both body and spirit, and uh, Babbed is no difference. She stands nearly seven feet tall, and despite her age, seems to stand with a, a, a vigor and a vim that belies her outward appearance of elderliness. And mm-hmm. yes, Babd Morakan was the name of the woman you discovered aboard the Phantom Queen, seemingly by her lonesome, stuck out here in the middle of nowhere space. Thank the gods and dragons and whoever else you might be thanking that some good Samaritans, at least on paper, showed up when they did. So yeah. Oracle Zero, you have mm-hmm. found yourselves in the midst of the Phantom Queen, a customized, at least in appearance, mid-bulk transport ship that is seemingly running on emergency power. The woman in question, you haven't had a ton of time to question because when she contacted you for help, it seemed as though some of her communication systems were not operational due to the lack of power. And so as you find yourselves coming aboard the Phantom Queen, you find yourselves confronted by this enormous old woman who greets you warmly and welcomes you onto her ship. She steps back and away, appearing to be unarmed, into a hold that appears to be built out to look like some kind of parlor or strange room of meeting. You're not quite sure what is happening in here. There's a lot of hanging cloth that conceals the fact that you're on a spaceship even. So as you enter this space, you're struck by this conflict of realities. You know you're in the middle of nowhere space. You know you're on a spaceship, but suddenly you find yourselves walking on very finely uh, sanded wooden boards that line the floor. You see no signs of metal bulkheads. Any entrances and exits to this hold are covered by beaded curtains, and large draperies hang from strategic points in the ceiling to give this draping, tent-like appearance to this uh, entire space. There are... The illusion is somewhat broken by the furniture you see in here that is clearly bolted to the floor with some industrial strength stuff, but it's it's hidden by, like, some fine tablecloths and stuff, but it's very clear that the the table that you see in the center of the space, which is a, a large circular affair appears to be bolted to the floor. The chairs are similarly affixed in a way that makes it so if this ship had to do any extreme flying, you're not going to have furniture rolling around in this place. Just beaded Uh, curtains. But she backs up and uh, welcomes you aboard, and she says, Oh my, oh my, Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, It's so grateful you managed to stop. Uh, I... So glad you got my distress signal. Yes. Yeah, happy to help. You are quite lucky we happen to be passing by. Yes, I realize uh, possibly my intrusions on your comm systems. I had to crank up the power quite a bit in order to get any signal out at all, uh, let alone to the ranges I might have needed. Yes, well, quite all right. Uh, what seems to be the uh, problem? <laughs> well, wouldn't you know? I, 
I'm I'm not entirely sure. Oh, well, that's no problem at all. Uh, I'll uh, take a look around and see if I can't uh, figure out what's going on. I can, I can show you to the power core and the, the engineering, if you don't mind. I, I don't mean to offend, but uh, this, the ship is my home. Of course. Not at all. I don't. I don't, wouldn't want to uh, accidentally intrude on something I'm not... You wouldn't want anyone to see. That made me sound like I thought you were suspicious, and that's not what I was going for. It's more just like, I don't want to intrude on your privacy. You understand what I mean? Yes, and I don't mean to sound suspicious in turn, but you are a group of... You never knew who you're going to meet in the middle of space, after all. You you all seem like fine folk. The fact that you did not have guns drawn as you entered the my my ship is a, a very good sign. Yes, times we uh, live in. And speaking of which, uh, my name is Oswald Octavian Theophilus the uh, Third. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, pleasure, pleasure. I'm Shay, by the way. Yes, uh-huh. Florian, ma'am, and do a little hat tilt. I'm not wearing a hat, so I won't do a hat tilt. Um, yeah, Amari. Thanks for clarifying, bud. <laughs> I hey, I hey, I can't I can't stress enough. I'm not wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll keep okay. that in mind. That might cool. be your okay. undoing later. Mm-hmm. It hey, you know, I I made the bed. I'll, I'll I'll lie in it. And you see this woman is also not wearing a hat. Her graying hair mm-hmm. is pulled back in some very elaborate uh, rolls and curls that kind of fall down to around her shoulders. If she let her hair down, you could tell it would probably fall a good ways down uh, her back. But as it stands, it's just this kind of elaborate rolls that come down in waves around the back of her head and coming down towards her neck. There are little black, what appear to be beads of some kind bound up in the hair as well. And they make slight rattling sounds when she sh- moves her head and shakes. She is wearing a long, what appears to be vest of some kind that extends down past the waist and almost falls like a sleeveless coat around near her ankles. Uh, But it allows her legs to move freely and she's wearing trousers and a a long sleeve uh, shirt that kind of comes down and uh, the, whatchamacallit, sleeves kind of poof out around the wrists to give them kind of a voluminous quality, and her hands will be hidden every once in a while as she's moving her and uh, her moving her arms and gesticulating as she talks. But she will welcome you inside, and she, like I said, is a good seven feet tall. Only Florian kind of stands at an even height with her, and she will lead you towards a backside of this chamber and say, uh, I don't know if you, do you all wish to see the, uh, the engineering deck? I, I don't exactly, again, I don't know exactly the problem. I don't, ships well, aren't I, really my speciality. I, I, I would imagine that Shay, Shay will be doing the majority of the uh, heavy lifting, as it were, but... Uh, Perhaps well, you might require. We have varying uh, uh, skill proficiencies uh, that uh, we perhaps may be needed. But if you need, wish for us to stay out here, that that is more than acceptable. Uh, uh, perhaps I'll show your engineer to where the most work can be done, and the rest of you stay out here, and I'll put some tea on. 
Oh, that sounds lovely. Thank you. Uh, make yourselves comfortable, and she'll like uh, indicate around the room, and she'll move over to one side and kind of move a, a curtain aside, and you can see clearly there's like uh, storage compartments in the side of the bulkhead, and she'll open up this big collapsible door and start pulling out these what look like big round cushions, and she'll like throw them on the floor in various places, and you can see they're like sitting cushions. It's like, please, please, sure. uh, you can sit in the, the chairs around the table or make yourselves comfortable on the floor. Uh, either way. Because I'm a large cat man, I am opting for the pillows. Yeah, and they're large important. cushions that are clearly meant to be uh, kind of like sat down on with your legs slightly mm-hmm. crossed in front of you. You Do you walk around it a couple of times? Clockwise yeah, I got a pod a couple. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure it's not a like something that's going to attack me. The, be- the I... best part is that, like, right? We know that every everybody is anthropomorphic, so he's just he's literally just walking around yeah. it like a person would. I yeah, just kind of like looking like, at. It's just the best angle of approach here, tactically. Which one? Where? where how am I going to sit on this? This is why culturally, uh, most Lian chairs don't have backs to them, so that they can be walked. 360 degrees around before deciding mm. how to sit on them. Because yeah. tactics are important. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are so important. Oh my gosh, the tactics. It's a martial people. <laughs> it's on our character sheet. What's my tactic for sitting? <laughs> uh, I believe that would be forceful. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's bold. It's bold boldly sitting. <laughs> yeah. Boldly sitting where no man has sat before. That's a t- real Riker move. Um, yeah, it's the best <laughs> day, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Shay, you follow Babbed out of this place. Once she sets up cushions for your companions, uh, she pulls one of the beaded curtains aside and leads you away from this weird cargo hold turned lounge. Really nice. Oh, thank you. If there's one thing I do know, it's interior decoration. But uh, the, the actual mechanics of the ship is... Honestly, I usually rely on local mechanics to help me in these sorts of things, a real emergency situation. Um, This sort of thing happens. Yeah, unfortunately it does. Uh, Although, and Mike, you said this ship is kind of like a kind of standard kind of ship. Like... Yeah, it's it's a a mid-sized, what's clearly like a transport or a, a cargo vessel of some kind. It's There are a thousand different classifications for these types of ships, but they all boil down to it's something that can carry people or cargo a short distance. Yeah. Like so the all... Tiresian, it would need to make multiple jumps to get any real distance throughout the galaxy. Yeah, so like, and okay, I was about to say something about cars, Without knowing anything about cars, but, but like, you know, a four door sedan is a four door sedan is a four door sedan. Right. For this the most is, part. Yeah, this is not a bulk transport necessarily. So you're not dealing with, say, something that runs on the equivalent of a diesel engine. This is yeah. the next, like, if you're going to buy a personal spaceship, this is the size that you would buy. Okay. So, yeah. Fortunately, with uh, stuff like this, they're pretty standard from model to model, so I should be able to figure out what's going on. Uh, that's the whole reason I got the thing, Vorpal Corp. Very standard across the board. Wherever you go, they're always going to have parts for the dang thing. Yep. 
<sighs> Ain't that the truth? And when you get past the beaded curtain, you're immediately struck by, oh, and we're on a ship again. You're walking on yeah. a metal hallway. <laughs> there are metal uh, uh, walls and ceilings. And you are led down a short corridor uh, that, and then up like a steep flight of stairs and then back around again to a position that you're pretty sure is above the hold you were just in near the rear of the ship. And it is here you see a familiar sight for an engineer, and that is an exposed warp core for a vessel of this size, which is really a lot of complicated aether tech built around a single massive chunk of crystal that is meant to warp the ship from place to place and use for thrust in different situations. The The aether tech built around this is meant to allow it to do a bunch of different functions. The yeah. chems that are built up around this crystal allow it to warp and create motive force and whatever else you might need to move a ship with. And it is dark in here, which is unusual for a room like this, where you should have a large, brilliantly lit crystal. Mm. <laughs> and she will mutter something to herself, and you see all the beads in her hair begin to glow to illuminate this place. Hell yeah. And you can see now that they are all individual little faceted gemstones that are tied up into her hair. Oh, that's cool. And she will say, well, you can see the problem, as she gestures towards the completely dark <laughs> warp yeah. core. I mean, you're definitely out of juice. Is that the only issue? I hope so. Uh, well, let me see. Let me run some diagnostics. Throw some, a little bit of power in here to kind of get a beat on what's going on. Well, I'll leave you to your work. I told your companions I'd make some tea. I'll bring you a cup, too, if you'd like. Oh, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. And she will bustle away, leaving you alone in this darkened chamber. Pop on my little Silent Hill pocket flashlight. Mm -hmm. Crack my knuckles. Why you gotta call it that, Elliot? Well, because that's what I've been calling it from the beginning, because... I know. I'm but also, it's it's appropriate. We have to get back to scary stuff. I like um, scary stuff. This is just a nice old lady who's asking for help. It's There's just no a nice old lady. Here. The fact the fact that her name is Babd Morricon means nothing. That's a super common name. It's like every third person you meet is named Babd Morricon. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. To make that I'm fact. surprised none of the three, the four of us, are named Babd Morricon. To be completely <laughs> it's so honest, common. Well, with the number of names that Oswald has, I'm surprised. You'd yeah. yeah, you'd think one of them would be. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna run some diagnostics. Okay. Yeah, you quickly discover that there is zero aether in here. This thing is drained, and that it is weird. It's not impossible, but seeing a completely dark warp drive is. You're not sure what would result in this scenario. It would require just continually moving without ever stopping at a proper berth to recharge your ship in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like, it, it'd be like if I filled my car up with gas and then the next day my tank was empty. It'd be more like if you just kept driving even when the gas light comes on and then just completely ignore that until your car literally just stops. Oh, so like what my mom does. Okay. <laughs> Shoutouts to my mom who listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It's going to be great is if that reminds your mom, like, oh, I should go get gas. <laughs> we can only yeah, hope. I could be helping. We, we yeah. did We're have a moment like a that the other night. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, and like, it takes a lot to juice one of these guys up, right? Yeah. It, not an insubstantial amount of Aether would be, be required to get this thing back up to full charge, but getting it up to like moving again wouldn't necessarily be impossible. There are a couple of ways you can think of off the top of your head to do that with just what you have available on the Tiresian. Yeah. You've got um, all those battery packs. You could definitely like lay down true. some cable to like basically give this thing a jump start from your own um, core. Yeah. If I throw like enough aether in so okay, I guess so my question is can I run other diagnostics with the warp corbing completely dead or is it like again if my battery died i can't like turn the lights on in my car right so okay yes to answer your question it's difficult to determine precise nature of things when this thing doesn't have power right um okay i have three of my own aether left Mm -hmm. would that be enough to kind of be able to do some reading like do a diagnostic run a diagnostic and then some Okay, well, maybe I'll just throw one in. Okay. Yeah, throwing one in, would you would see the, the crystal suddenly come to life. It's not brilliant, but there is a, a faint glow. Mm-hmm. Think like a very dim Christmas light or something. And it is this dull red glow that wells out of this large crystal. And you see the little... Uh, readout panels on the side and some of the other Aethertech nodules built around this crystal coming to life as well. And there's a general thrum and you see lights coming on above you. Oh, and nice. down in the hold, you see that like some of the inset lights in this place that are not just the emergency lighting that was lighting it before begin to come on. And they're very dim, like low reds and blue lights that kind of give this place this mood lighting effect. Gamer lights. Gamer lights. Hell yeah. And you all see that happening just as Babd is coming back out from another beaded curtain, a different one, uh, carrying a tray with a large carafe of steaming liquid with several cups laid out next to it. And she will look up as the power comes back on and goes, Oh, friend must be doing something right. Oh, yes. Yes. They're, They're quite talented. So glad you came along when you did. I was afraid of... Well, you never like to think about these sorts of things when you're flying around out by yourself, but there's always the possibility of just something happening when you're by your lonesome out in the middle of space. Have you ever thought of perhaps hiring a crew? At least one or two other people to help you when these kinds of situations pop up, as they inevitably do? Oh, I tend to rely on the kindness of those who I encounter along the way in my travels, and uh, it's seen me through. I, I've tried the whole working with other folks thing, especially in quarters such as these. I do appreciate my solitude. I come from a rather volatile family, so being alone is very comforting. Not to say that I don't appreciate when fine folks such as yourself uh, come come on through, especially in the nick of time like this, but uh, it is 
not something I think I would enjoy. What do you, if you don't mind me asking, what do you, what do you do out here? Oh, well, I, I travel from system to system, offering my services to those who might need it. Uh, sometimes I'm called by individuals who know of my reputation and they seek me out on, I have a very brisk trade on the metanet. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but small business owner, it's good to get the word out, you know. Does she have an Etsy? I, something like that. <laughs> I literally just texted Olivia Etsy grandma in all caps. Yep. <laughs> it's the beads. And she says, I create tarot decks. Oh. Oh, great. Like, yeah, all of us in wow. out of character, like, oh, good. <laughs> Uh, oh, I can show you if you like. I don't. I don't want to. Imp- I'm not trying. This isn't a business. I'm not trying to sell anything. I was simply asking for help. This isn't some kind of elaborate sales pitch. Lurk you, lure you in, and then try to sell you things. It would be quite elaborate. That that is true, and um, potentially deadly for me. So I'd rather that seems a little too much. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a little. Yeah, <laughs> but over high the cost, high reward. <laughs> Yeah, that would know. be that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if this is high reward. I think it's only high risk. We so, don't know what she wants. What if she's here for our souls? Could be. We don't know. I got my eye on you, Etsy grandma. Reed does. Amari doesn't care. <laughs> okay, well, new plan. Go off into the wilderness and wait for hikers to come find me and sell yeah. them shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, Fuck voila. NFTs, I'm going to be waiting under a bridge and throw a painting at you. <laughs> That'll be $100. <laughs> are, are you all familiar with uh, Terol Arcan? Uh, Am I? No. I, I'm, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that we've maybe heard of it the same way that most people, a lot of people have heard of tarot decks. Honestly? No, this is weirder. Oh, ooh. Florian, maybe. Roll me a d20, Florian. Okay. Ooh, scary d20 roll. I almost said, what skill is this? Because I thought we were playing D&D for a second. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a 17. 17. So okay. maybe. Yeah, y- you are familiar with the, the Tarol Arcan is a type of fortune telling that is usually done by Stetters. Yeah. It is I mean, that makes extre- sense. If extremely obscure, yeah. It's, yeah. But you're from a weird, out-of-the-way place that has a steader population. Yeah. Florian will kind of, like, nod his head, but won't actually say anything. He's probably like, ah, yeah, superstitious. Oh, fucking astrology girls, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you were to relate it to the non-informed, you would refer to something called a virtue deck, which would be something that you would equate in this universe to like a tarot deck. Everyone kind of knows about virtue decks, even if they don't necessarily believe or care and that sort of thing. But this is an older, weirder version of that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, mm, I I might relate, relay that information, or, or it, unless she does. I, yeah, mean, I would, would like w- someone to explain it to me. Yeah. If she she would notice the somewhat confused looks on uh, Amari and 
Oswald's expression and go, oh, well, a little bit like virtue decks, though um, yes. they deal less with the virtues of Primus and more with uh, older concerns. Same basic idea, though. Laying out cards, tell one's fortune, that sort of thing. Honestly, it's a little hokey sometimes, but people get a kick out of some of the, the decks with custom art that I make. Well, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing your wares. Uh, I do appreciate a good pe- uh, art piece uh, here, here and there, I suppose. Well, um, all right, and she'll move over to another side of the room and pull a curtain aside, and you see a large wooden cabinet that seems to be bolted to one wall, and she will pull a, a long drawer out, think like a, a file drawer in a library with a bunch of little index cards in it, uh, but it appears to be like individual card decks inside, and she will pull out a few and come over and set them on the table next to the, the tea that she's laid out, which you're welcome to help yourselves to. If you wish. I feel like we're getting ready to pick our wands or something. <laughs> I will uh I will take some tea. Okay. Oswald a... does not take take the tea. What kind of tea? Is there a specific smell coming from the tea? Is there is it like identifiable or is it just, as far as we know, it's just it's tea. We don't know. It's definitely herbal of some kind. It okay. has a, a light flowery aroma that is yeah, it's definitely not uh, anything equivalent to, like, some kind of caffeinated beverage. It's more of a, a light, flowery, herbal tea of some kind. I'm into that. Yeah, I'll have some tea as well. Okay. Yeah, think think like Jasmine, something in that neighborhood. Perfect. So, Florian and Amari are partaking of the tea? No, no, I'll have some tea. Okay. And they're looking We've earned glasses. it. We saved the galaxy. We can have tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she will come out and set a few decks down on the table, and they are clearly, like, wrapped and, like, ready to go as, like, a gift item. They've got, like, bowstrings wrapped around the deck packaging that are made of, like, slightly lacy uh, ribbon of some kind that have been tied into a, a good-looking bow. Um, God, she is an Etsy grandma. Okay, but here's the thing is, I know we were given given her flack earlier like out outside of character i want to buy one now and the three that she lays out you see have different stylized images on the the front of the deck boxes and there are three very distinct styles that she's showing off one has these sharp angular lines that kind of come in and meet at central points to create the the form of characters of some kind and the one that's on the deck box is clearly an embellished symbology of some kind of like fey creature of some kind it's tough to tell what but the 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 markings here are definitely indicative of fey the second one is harsher more watercolory and it is clearly depicting some kind of ancient depiction of dragon like traditional winged lizard fire-breathing dragon, but in this, like, very washed-out, watercolory styling. Think, like, the Metal Gear Solid art style. <gasps> oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Or, like, the Final Fantasy art style. Somewhere in there, that vein. Yes. Love it. Love it. And the third one actually strikes you pretty hard because you recognize the image on it immediately. 
because you saw it in the temple on Awari 6. And it is cr- clearly a like a slightly different art style, but the image is so similar that it's striking because it's made of a thousand little dots of color to make up the image, like it's trying to replicate a mosaic through art. And it is of one of the... is a character that you saw in that temple. You still don't quite know what that is, but that is what you see. And it is specifically uh, this character that is this large brooding figure that looks to be uh, draped in a cloak holding a spear with a, a single red eye gleaming out from the dark hood. Uh, and I she shows those deck. off and she's like, oh, these are just a few examples. Uh, this this one right here, and I point to the third one. Uh, who is, who is th- this uh, image depicting? Oh, uh, that is uh, the stead god, Wodan. Oh. Very popular stead god iconography among some terror circles. That is where the practice got its start, you know. Hmm? I did not know that. Excellent. Now you do. Shay, as you're seeing the diagnostics light up around the warp core, you can see that there are a lot of like warning lights flashing on these diagnostics. There's way more wrong with this ship than just a <sighs> dark warp core. <sighs> you always That's the tip hope it's of the iceberg. Be something simple, and it never is. I'm gonna dig a little deeper, I guess. The big thing that you see is that apparently there was some kind of navigation error. The warp that occurred wasn't supposed to go here. You're not sure what happened, but there was there there were clearly coordinates laid in for a populated system, and somehow she ended up here. And just curious, is that like not not that Amari would know this information, but is that something that happens ever? Just like malfunctions with navigation and doing that, or is this like a a very rare occurrence? It is precisely why most ships have navigators. A a wizard can, in real time, correct errors in navigation and make it so that doesn't happen. If a ship doesn't have a navigator, while there are technology to make it less likely, it's totally possible. Okay. Yeah, especially with bigger ships that are using way more energy to warp, that is explicitly why they have navigators. Is an issue, is something like that, would that be something that would dra- that would drain the core, is trying to make a jump that would fuck up the whole system? If you jump too far, maybe. Yeah. Ships like this aren't meant for big jumps. It's true. And it seems as though that problem led to a cascade of errors throughout the ship that have fucked with a bunch of systems, some of which you're not you're less concerned about because it's just like, oh no, the sanitation system is busted. That's not stopping you from going anywhere necessarily. It's just, it'll eventually be gross. Yeah. Um, Life support seems to be fine though. So that's That's nice. Yeah. That would suck. So do I know, would like, you know, would I be like, okay, like a hard reset would, uh, would fix all this or... You think you could hard reset the ship systems, and then with a little bit of recharging, you could probably get this thing limping again. And yeah, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, but there are probably habitable systems somewhere nearby. 
you'd have to consult some star charts to figure out where, but yeah, I'll go down. I'll, I'll start the hard reset. And then while that's working, I'll have like, you know, a little update on like one of my many, many data pads. Uh, and I'll go back down to the, the kind of cargo hold area and I'll consult Oswald on his planetary knowledge. Okay. And, uh, see what's, what we can do for her in terms of getting her somewhere. You were asking about the, the Tarol decks, Oswald? Uh, yes. I was asking about the third one since, um, Mm -hmm. the image sort of jumped out at me, I suppose. Yeah, and she said it was a, a, an image of the, the stead god Wodan. Hmm. Interesting. We, uh, we, we saw, um... We were just uh, at a place, and we saw a mural of this individual, um, but I didn't know off the top of my head. So this is a uh, is excellent. It's good to know. Um, I'm always looking to learn new things. Yes, uh, were you some steader community? Was where you were. Uh, it it was at one point. It seemed like uh, long since uh, uh. left behind. Apparently, yes. Tragedy, I suppose, of stead folk at times. It seems many of our older holds are repurposed these days. Hmm. Well, uh, how does uh, this process uh, work exactly? Does it involve any sort of um, arcane application? Perhaps any... um, Or is it just, just a... Well, I suppose... I'll, I'll let you describe it. If you're asking if there are any uh, etheric methodologies yeah, to e- exactly, yes. the Terrell Archon, nothing so elaborate. This uh, card readings rely more on, well, honestly, interp- open interpretation. <laughs> uh, much like the Virtue decks, a lot can be read into a card of any sort, and so those giving the card readings, it's really more about knowing who you're talking to and giving them what they want to hear sometimes. Florian is like has one one big old eyebrow raised at Amari, like, yeah, sounds like fake. If you believe the true practitioners of the art... Not that I necessarily consider myself one, but I know enough about it to run the gamut on opinions on this. They say the cards draw their inspiration from the great field of Aether that surrounds our entire galaxy, and thus reads your own fate within the weave of that Aether. Hmm. Again, this is just what is said specifically on the back of the box, and she'll see that there's, like, a little description on the back of the <laughs> box about tarot decks and how one reads one's fate amongst the great weave of Aether. And you uh, hand-paint these images? These are your, your work? I mean, I don't paint every single card, but I did create all the art, yes. Oh, well, excellent. Mostly digitally, and then you just yeah. uh, print the cards. Yes, yeah. yes. Are they I, good? <laughs> I mean, like hand hand painted, like that many sets of decks would be like fucking crazy impressive. Yeah. And she will say, eh, "But," and she'll uh, like pull her vest, and you see that there are several pockets on the inside of the vest that have decks of cards in them. 
There are individuals who find my work to their liking, and for those who wish to have custom art done, or originals, as it were, there are a few decks here that are of that persuasion. Handcrafted, as it were. Those are far more expensive, mind you. Are they better? Do they work work more? (laughs) Do they work more? I'm sure some believe that. They certainly work better for me and paying the bills. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah. But she will pull out a deck and you see that it is another dragon deck. And uh, this one doesn't have like a, a fancy gift box to it. It just is a deck of cards and she'll kind of f- fan them out on the table. And you can see the art is similar to the kind of mass-produced one that she showed off, but the artwork has way more detail to it, and there are a lot more fine lines, and it has clearly been worn with age, and it kind of gives it more of an an arcane look to it. These are clearly well-worn, well-used cards. And they depict the dragons. And you see that there are Some that depict dragons in full, some that are just like dragon iconography in differing numbers. There's clearly a a large range of uh, things in these decks, and each deck is about, let's see, they would be 27 cards apiece. And yeah, as opposed to a standard deck of playing cards, which consists of six suits and uh, each suit consisting of 12 cards. But yeah, she'll show off this dragon deck and you can pick out a couple of dragons in particular, mostly because they have the names embossed on the bottom with very fancy lettering that appears to be handwritten on them. And one of which just off the top is Minos. Well, this the craftsmanship on these is quite excellent. I can see why uh, you, you are... Uh, uh, I suppose I don't know how uh, renowned you are... Uh, uh, within the Dragon's Wake, but uh, this is truly excellent work. I've seen quite a bit of uh, art. I try to uh, brush up, uh, pun completely intended, on... Um, uh, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, just to... It helps uh, broaden your perspective, I think. I should say so. It's very nice to meet such a, a well-cultured individual. Well, it's... <laughs> not not necessarily by choice, but uh, it, it let's just say it runs in the family. Oh, well, good breeding and all that, I suppose. Yes, something like that. Are Florian and Abari just, like, making amused eye contact in the background? That's yeah. what I'm imagining yeah. behind this. Just like, oh my just god. Like tiny, tiny, tiny bird man having conversation with... With a big old late, a big old tall. Etsy grandma, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, talking about good breeding and whatnot. And we're just like, what the fuck is he talking? And it's about this time, Shay, that you come back into the chamber, and you see these decks of cards laid out, and the tea is set out, and Bab will gesture and go, "Oh, uh, welcome back. Uh, there's tea if you'd like it. Sorry, oh, I yes, thank you. Got distracted. I should have brought you a cup. I apologize. Oh, no worries. So. Your your warp core is drained. You you knew that much. 
And we could definitely give you a jump, uh, but also I had to do a, a hard reset on the systems. Uh, it seemed like you... The last jump you made, there was a navigation error, and uh, it just sort of was a cascading effect on the rest of the systems. Where, what were you trying to do? Were you trying to make too big of a jump? You know these things can't go very far. I, I'm not sure. I was making my way southward, honestly. Uh, there are many smaller communities in the, the branches out in the northeast, but uh, the real bunnies in the cities, as they say, and I, especially for collectors of these sorts of... Uh, I was explaining to your friends, I, I make custom tarot decks. And they're a little bit like virtue decks, but uh, more oh. archaic, I suppose. Um, and she'll gesture towards some examples of her work. But I, I, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Last I, I punched in the coordinates, I was heading toward Vargas, and I didn't think I was going to make it in a single jump. I had accounted for that. I know the limits of the ship at least a little bit. Mm. Well, I suppose I could... I didn't dig too far in. Again, you know, it's your ship. I don't want to pry into where you're jumping or anything. But I suppose I could take a closer look later at the jump logs. Uh, but for now, we're just going to do a hard system reset. And then uh, I have a progress bar. <laughs> Got a little progress bar. I'll keep an eye on it. And then uh, we'll give you a jump once that's all figured out. And you should be... Should be good after that. This is fantastic, amazing, serendipity that you should stumble across me like you did. Uh, truly, I couldn't be more grateful. If there's anything I can do to repay you, uh, money, or what, or what can I do to make this right? That's not necessary. Yeah. We're not in need of any extra funds. Uh, just happy to help. And Shay is taking a sip of tea and looking at the tarot decks and says, uh, quite frankly, I might want to buy one of these from you. These are beautiful. Well, thank you again. This this was not some kind of elaborate sales ploy, I assure you. I do appreciate the, the, the business, even in strange quarters such as these. Um, it didn't, well, you didn't want it to be a sales pitch, but, but hey, it oh, is now. Uh, Business is business. I heard yeah. somewhere, I don't remember who said it to me, but um, something like always be branding. So I think it's an old saying. <laughs> yes, indeed. I believe, uh, I think I saw that on a Vorpal Corp ad once, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's probably what it was. They're, they're always very good at that sort of thing. Um, does, oh God, does Omatep run Vorpal Corp? Oh god. That is he is Vorpal Corp. <laughs> oh no. The leading brand in everything, Vorpal Corp. Yes, I came up with a jingle. Um not <laughs> <laughs> mad. Listen, their logo's a monkey. I don't know what we were expecting. I don't know what the logo is actually. <laughs> but Babbed will say, that seems a poor trade to sell you something when I am in debt to you. Uh, if there's anything out of that cabinet over there, feel free to pick one out if you so like. Well, I... Very generous. Very um, generous. Those are just the Thank mass you. market ones. If I was going... 
If I was going to be giving you one of the, the hand-drawn ones, those I'd charge for. <laughs> Rightly so, yes. Uh, perhaps we could take a look and see if one uh, jumps out at us. And uh, maybe... Uh, would you want a demonstration, maybe? Show you how one of these works? <gasps> yes. Now, I, I, was, yes. I was going yes. to ask, yes. because... Yes. I, I, I unfortunately have never had the the pleasure of uh, having a reading. So, uh, as oh, I said, broaden either. your perspective. Uh, so, Ugh, well, I, I, decks I would... were contraband. Where would they have been contraband? Ugh, on Wesrin Azald. Ah, uh, Wesrin Azald. I they caught you with anything fun. Ugh. So, uh, not only am I saved out of the blue, but I am done so by a wizard. This is, uh, good tidings indeed. Sorry, I, I guess I am assuming, if you studied on Wizard and Azald... Yes, yes, I, I am a wizard. I, I'm only recently not hiding that from people. Uh, Why I left you? on bad terms, so... Well, not, not my place to pry. Um... But, uh, uh, yes, of course, and she'll move the tea tray to the side to make more space in the on the big table, That's and she'll gesture towards some seats, and uh, she will gather back up her, her dragon deck, and she will say, now we can do a basic reading, or we can maybe try something a little bit more elaborate to show you how some of the people who do this, uh, take this thing so very seriously do Best not dip our toes in. Uh, oh. uh, we're here. Very well. Uh, she will pull two more decks out of her own coat and place them in front of her. So she has three separate decks in front of her, all of which have these uh, elaborate, what appear to be s something similar to the design you saw on the side of the ship from the outside. It is uh, a black bird of some kind clutching three spears on the back of the, the cards. It seems to be her personal logo. And she will say, uh, well, uh, who, who's first? Oh, me, 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 me. Very well. And she'll gesture towards the seat across from her and she'll say, so what I'm doing here is uh, doing a, an elaborate cross-deck reading of the, the Tarot Arcan. Oh, very mysterious. Uh, now, what we're going to be doing here is drawing a single card from each of these three decks and based on their relative positions with each other and the the uh, certain assumptions one makes about the cards that are drawn from those decks, we will tell your uh, destiny, future, uh, current circumstances. Uh, they can do all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. This is so. the only thing I'm writing down <laughs> in the whole game. <laughs> Player Elliot. Yes. You... Acquired some numbers earlier. I did. What were those numbers? Okay. The first one is a one. Hmm. The second was a five. And the third was a seven. And she will uh, shuffle each of the decks in turn and then place them down in front of her. And she will, like readjust her face so it's more of a serious countenance. You can see her uh, dark, weather-wrecked skin kind of, like, drawing down, and she's putting on kind of a, a performative face, 
and uh, you can see she will touch a place on the table that you didn't quite see some like inlaid crystals and the mood lighting will shift so that in the back of the ship here, she is backlit by some deep reds and purples and blues and you are left in kind of a, a darkened space. And she says, I may or may not do this on the side as well. But <laughs> serious now. Yes. And she will touch the first deck and she will say, Oh, great Aether, let us read this one who sits before us. A wizard long traveled helping an old wanderer. Hmm? And she will tap the deck and then hold it out towards you. I will draw. Draw off the top of the deck and you reveal this fine lines that radiate inward at jagged angles that come in from every side of the card at precise 90 degree angles that then turn at a fine 90 degree angle then again then down then over creating a circuit-like pattern that all meet in the middle showing converging on a shape that resolves itself into a feminine aspect that is standing palms upward and there are two globules, uh, pieces of light in each of her hand. In her left hand, there is a, uh, a blue and a brown light. In her right hand is a red and a white light. At her brow is a purple light. And near her chest is a, a black light. And... Babbed will say, Ah, first drawn is the queen, she who rules the fey courts, that most high among the she nobility. Interesting, interesting. Great power and purpose you have, indeed. But to what end, only the Toral may know. Hmm? And she will tap the second deck and hold it out to you. I'll draw. You draw and you see in that kind of fine lines of stylized dot art that makes like a mosaic pattern. You see a figure who is standing tall, holding a set of scales. Along their brow is a silver circlet of some kind. And you see that the left side of their face, you see two eyes where they would normally be on a human, but on the left side of their face, there is a series of other eyes coming down across their cheek. And he is depicted in greens and reds and browns. And Bab will say, the old stead god Bjald, indeed, god of justice, god of mercy, god of seeing through deception and lies. So with your great power, you will see things that others will not, and judge them rightly so. But to what end again, we do not know. Only one more should say. The old ones. The dangerous ones. What truths do the dragons know? And she will tap the third deck and hold it out to you. And I will draw. And you draw this white and blue card drawn in stark 
very brutalist lines that create the image of this dragon encapsulated in like marbled stone or ice. And Bab will say, Bolius, God, dragon of ancient winters, the cold one, the one that knows no mercy, the one that only knows starvation, deprivation, loneliness. You will see things that others will not. You will judge them, and you will stand alone in that judgment. And you will have the power, O queen, to make that judgment and render it final, for there is no other that stands among the winter beyond yourself. And then her kind of, she will lean back in her stool and say, and make of that what you will, because that's basically how this works. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Well done. That was thrilling. And much that like sort of real thing, yes. <laughs> and much like real tarot, even though it might not be real, it's still read me for filth. So if any of you want something like that, I'm happy to oblige. It's more least I could do. Uh, yes, if you wouldn't mind, I I'd love to give it a shot. Alright then. Let's uh Michael Lisman, you two have acquired some numbers for me. I have. Uh, in this order, uh, five, four, and eight. And she will shuffle the decks and place them out in front of her again. And she will hold up the first deck, again, the, the fey one that you now recognize. And she will say, All right, Mr. Oswald, what destinies do the cards hold for you? Hmm? And she will hold out the first deck towards you after tapping it. Only the cards will know. You draw the first card? Uh, yes. And again, you see those circuitry lines coming out from the exterior of the card, coming in and forming a shape of winding lines. These lines converge on each other to create the shape, as opposed to the queen, who was this kind of negative space in the center of the card created by the lines moving around her. These lines mesh in on each other over and over and over again to create this dense, dark figure at the center. And the only negative space is the appearance of a sword coming up through the center of a figure who is holding it just in front of their face, their face dark, but for two gleaming green eyes to either side of the blade. And Bad will say, The first card drawn, an ill omen indeed, the lifebane of the Fae, the killer, the judge, those that the she send to end the lives of those who have wronged them, or she rivals those among the Fey who are allowed to kill mortal kind without regard to the laws set down by the Fey themselves. One who moves beyond laws with violence. What secrets this might mean for you, only the decks may know. And she will tap the second deck and hold it out to you. And you will draw the, draw the card. And do you see a figure made in mosaic, this female figure standing proud and noble, but lacking a head. Her where a head would be is this circling wreath of thorns and flowers that continually move in and around themselves in this sort of floral Mobius strip. 
We saw that in the temple as well. Mm-hmm. You did. You absolutely did. And she is holding what appears to be a handful of dirt or sand that is slipping through her fingers. But as it comes out between her fingers, you see that each line coming out between the fingers has a different material coming out of it. One is clearly brown earth that has things sprouting out of it. One is clearly sand, desiccate and non-living. And one is some kind of glass-like crystal that is tinkling down in a stream regardless. And Babd will say, Ah, the stead god Phrygias, she of the growing and the dying, the changing of seasons. So a death and a judgment will be had, but it will bring about change. For good or for ill, who can say, except for perhaps the cards themselves? But you will have the act of violence in your hand, and it will bring about some great change. But to what end? Perhaps the dragons may say, and she'll tap the third deck and hold it out towards you. Um, yes, with a slightly concerned look on his face, he will draw the last card. And you draw this almost regal-looking draconic card. You see this creature with this long neck kind of coming down in a serpentine fashion, and hands held out to the side in kind of like meditative uh gestures of some kind and you see there's almost this peaceful look on this draconic face that despite it being a lizard with wings and a long tail you get this like feminine sense of it it's kind of got this curves and shape to it that uh, evoke the the feminine form and bab will say cassandriac Ah, yes, the old dragon of foretelling. She who saw what was to come, the end of the dragons, and was not believed, for it was Minos himself that cast her aside. In unbelieving fury, he led them to their doom, despite her foretellings. With violence, you will make some grand decision that will change a great many things, and though you do so with your best judgment, those around you may not understand what you have done, and perhaps they will not (laughs) see it as such a good thing as you might. Terrell is real. real. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yes, uh, but it's a... It's all it's all good fun. <laughs> yes, you see, it's all sorts of. It's all about interpreting the cards as they come up yes. and blending the interpretations so that they sound dramatic. Nothing. Uh, yes, this yes, is just uh, how some people do this sort of thing. Just yeah, of course, yes. It was fun, <laughs> fun. Amari is definitely looking at Florian, just like, hey, look how freaked out he is. Look at him. Look at him. Yeah, Florian has been, like, full, like, teenager, kind of, like, rolling his eyes at all of this, including during this, like, very dramatic and poignant reading. So, yeah, he'll just kind of, like, to Amari, like, oh, yeah, right. A little ribbing. Babd will shuffle the decks again and say, I'm more than willing to do the others, if you, if you, if you want. Yeah, I'll... All right, I'll I'll try it. Florian will kind of like 
arms crossed, like flop himself on the table, flop himself, flop himself on the table. No, flop himself across from her at the table. Yeah. And kind of, yeah, lean back, arms crossed, just like do your worst. All right. Well, she'll shuffle the decks again. What destiny does this one hold? Yada yada. You all have done the the, be- the spiel now, so let's uh let's get to the good part. Yes. <laughs> Four, eight, seven, Mike. Four. I like that we've all gotten different numbers. Eight, yeah, yes. me too. That's been great. Seven. It's so hard to play someone who's not super into this because I'm really <laughs> excited. <laughs> this is great. And. She will tap the first deck and then hold it out to you. I'll draw. Drawing off the top of the deck, you pull another card with circuit-like lines coming in to form a shape. This one less brutalist than the one Oswald that Oswald drew, but far less evocative than the one that Shay drew. This one is clean and simple and seems to form the shape of a gear, albeit a gear that has a hand coming out from the center. And that hand has another gear in the center of its palm, albeit with the spokes of that gear turned so that they mesh with the outer gear. And in the center of that gear, there's another hand. And in the center of that hand is another gear. In the center of that gear is another hand, and so on and so forth, towards this tiny, minute point in the center, and each hand and gear combination is a different combination of colors. You see them in the the six different colors of the Fey Quartz going back into infinity. And Babd will say, Ah, the Acolyte, the Builder, that which creates, that which crafts, that most dangerous of fey creature, which creates all of those marvels that we deem as magic among the fey. Those marked by the acolyte know of their dangerous technology, some benefit from it, some entrapped by it, forever enslaved to the will of the fey. Those who seek out the acolyte are looking for solutions to problems most would deem impossible to overcome. But what is this problem that you must overcome? What is this technology that you seek? Well, perhaps only the cards may say that you'll tap the second deck and hold it out. Uh, And he'll, yeah, he'll draw. And you see, made in that mosaic style, a figure not depicted as male or female, seemingly of light and geometric shapes. It is a strange blending of the first two art styles, with the sharp lines of the fey transposed into what appears to be the shape of an individual who is simply staring upwards in an almost beatific position. And you can see that there is a single golden flame resting on their brow. And in... The background around this figure are circling spheres, what appears to be like depictions of planets or suns moving in conjunction around this person, like they themselves are the center of a planetarium of some kind. And Bab will say, Ah, the stead god Waith, the fate watcher. 
the Changebringer. Waith, who sees many things, the strands of destiny woven together. Waith, who sees the threads of fate, the strings which bind those around us. Those strings that come together, simple threads that one may tug upon to move themselves through destiny's own tapestry. Waith, who sees that which the acolyte builds, and sees how those cogs may fit into the greater purpose of those who it moves through and around. It is the god of fate who sees that the acolyte brings what is needed at the appropriate time, not because it is good or bad, but because it is necessary. Waith sees the greater picture of what the acolyte might bring. But to what end, to what end does this fated machine come? The dragons may know, and she'll tap the third deck and hold it towards you. And you said that last one was seven? Yes. And you draw on and, his, yeah. the same card that Shay drew. It is Bolius, the winter dragon. And she will stare at the, the white dragon drawn in sharp, stark lines and say, This fated machine, this great technology that comes in the fated hour, will do so in a winter bereft of kindness or compassion. It comes not because it will do good, but because it is necessary. This stark change, this inevitable machine, comes because it must, because it is necessary, because it must do what it can before the turning of the season. For those that die in the winter are reborn in the spring. Bolius sees the winter of this thing, the cold, sharp end at the behest of fate, at the hands of some great machine. And while it may seem cruel, it is a necessary end. There's a sharpness to this thing that surrounds you, and it may seem terrible in its coming, but it will be necessary. Well, that one got rather... <laughs> Sorry about that. Just reading the cards as they lay. Sometimes you get wrapped up in the drama of it. Yeah. <laughs> Florian will just kind of... Florian will just kind of like... Like, right? I don't... This isn't real, but it's still like spooky and weird. <laughs> just kind of get up gesture to Amari like alright your turn Fuck. We don't have to we don't have to keep going if you don't want I mean everyone else did it so I mean teamwork team building exercise not trying to pressure anybody this is (laughs) just trying some way to repay you for your kindness do the spooky fate thing that's great bring it on it's such a fun alright then well um She'll shuffle the decks again and say, eh, fate may tell, yada, 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 deck of cards. Um, I, I repeat the words as she's saying them. Ah, see, <laughs> yes, you're already getting a hold of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, six, five, two. And she will hold out the first deck to you. And you draw? Oh, yeah. Okay. And you see 
the drawn card is this green lines coming from the side that begin with the sharp curves and circuitry patterns, but then as they get closer to the center, you see them, the, the sharp geometry start to break down into curves. And it begins to form this swirling spiral near the center that eventually becomes a shape with an outstretched hand and a shadowed face that seems to be almost staring out of the card towards you with a beckoning hand that is made of these swirling curves as opposed to sharp lines that every other fey card was made of. And Babd will say, And so comes the warlock, that which defies <laughs> the fey and Terrible. their rigid rules. The liar, the schemer, that one which can work against what the queens have set forth, the rebel, the rogue, that which has its own designs, to what end none may know. A mysterious figure, the warlock, but it can bring great destruction or great change. But to what end? Perhaps the stead gods may know. She will tap the second deck and hold it out to you. Yeah, uh, uh, go for broke. Double or nothing. <laughs> and you draw the same stead god card that Shay drew. It's Biald, the stead god of justice and judgment. And she will say, Ah, yes, we see Biald yet again. He who sees and judges beyond lies and truth. So there is lies, to be sure, but those who see through them, and you at the center. There is trickery and conniving, and yet Biald measures such things. So there will be deception, and you will be at the crux of seeing through the lies and the veils of secrecy. Intriguing. But to what end? Perhaps only the dragons may know. Third strike. Let's do it. And you pull and you see this dark, brooding creature drawn in blacks and reds, charcoal almost in its depiction. The, the outline of this creature is wreathed in what looks like fire. And it has broad, dark wings that kind of come apart at the ends, making them appear like shadow-given form, smoke made flesh. And she will say, Ah, yes, Tartos, the old dragon of fire and darkness, that which brings a great retribution to those non-believers. Minos's headman, the great executioner of dragonkind. Even as the lifebane among the fae may take mortal life, it was Tartos who scorched worlds in the name of the dragons. The Firebringer has great power, but does not control where his own flames may fall. He is guided by another. So there are lies and deceptions swirling about you that you may yet pierce and judge and change the course of, and in doing so will bring great fire down upon those who have lied, or perhaps have been lied to. 
some who have been affected by these mischievous turns, you will see and you will judge and bring a great destruction down upon them one way or the other. Interesting, interesting. She will turn the Tartos card. But should this card be turned like so, and she'll turn it facing you, could just as easily mean that a great destruction will come down upon you should you not judge this great lie, this trickery that you see through. Perhaps, should this thing come to pass, you will find yourself amidst the blaze. But who knows, she'll say as she throws up her hands. Again, this is all just... Some people put stock in this sort of thing. And uh, the complex multi-deck tarot reading like this is not the usual kind. Most folk just use the one deck. <laughs> but this is the, the, the fun version, I think. Especially if you've got multiple decks. And some people are into that sort of thing. It's like, like going it. off on it's her done. sales pitch. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, she can't help it. It's all muscle memory at this point, yeah. And so, yes, that is the the, the tarot archon. Is uh, how we say it in the trade. You do this sort of reading, and uh, each of each of the decks that you can find in that cabinet come with a little booklet explaining all the cards, and they get the names, and maybe the vague descriptions, and there's plenty of sites on the metanet you can go, and the cards have usually big, long histories behind them. I'm not exactly great at explaining all those sorts of things. You can look up the, the, the cultural uh, relevance of each of those cards, of course, and some people are in it for the history behind all these things. And of course, the virtue decks are basically the same thing. If you're into that, if, if you're a follower, if, if, if you were, I'm not trying to shame anyone's religion. If any of you are followers, I don't know. None of you are followers of Primus. No, no. no. That is the state religion of the empire. Yeah, yeah. And just say, so that's uh, that is that is the Tarot deck. I hope this was at least a little bit enjoyable. Um. I wouldn't take any of this seriously. There's none of this is. I know some of that got a little foreboding, but seriously, you only take as much as you want out of this sort of thing. So whatever stock you place in the cards is usually what's it's a self fulfilling prophecy sort of thing in my experience. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it, it, there's no <laughs> magic involved. It's just just cards. <laughs> I'm looking at Reed right now, and I can tell that Amari and Florian have both already forgotten their readings. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was cool. What happened? <laughs> I got. So I'm sure it will I not be relevant. I'm sure it will not be relevant at all. No, no probably not. It's only relevant if we make it relevant. Mm, maybe, but. It's about this time that your datapad beeps, Shay, and it seems the system reboot has completed itself. And all it will take now is a few quarts of aether to top her off, and the Phantom Queen will be at least good to limp towards the, the closest scrap of civilized space. All right. Let's do it. Yeah, easy enough. You can either pour your own aether into the ship, you can lay down some cable and give it a jump start from the the Tiresian, or you can use some of your battery battery packs and just give it a little jump start from there. It really doesn't matter which which way or the other. But it's a simple task to get the Phantom Queen back up and running. And 
I will ask Babs if she wants me to go through the the jump logs to see if there was like, you know, to see if there's like a programming error in there. I don't want you to get it stuck again. Uh, I don't want to take up more of your time. I, I'm sure I could get that checked out at wherever I stop off next. If you think that's something I should get checked out. Yeah, I would look into it. I mean, it's... Chances are good it was just a fluke, but, you know, it's always good to get these things checked out before they become too big of a problem. If there is any problem. Absolutely. I will do that first thing whenever I, whatever, wherever I sit down next. I'm sure there's somewhere close by that I could uh, field over. Maybe stop off for a little while, get a whole system diagnostic. I'm sure I'm overdue. All right, well... Take care of yourself. I do, I do appreciate all of your help. And again, the fact that you even responded to my signal speaks to your good character. I know there are probably some who received my single signal who decided to just move on from this position. More than happy um, to help, ma'am. Yeah. Well, regardless, much obliged. And uh, if you should ever be in the market for... Custom Terrell decks. I, I again. I have a, a shop space over in the MetaNet. He could very easily look me up. Morakon um, Terrell cards. It's very easy. Very unique name. Very much not a name a lot of people have. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. It's not very common. The old Stetter names rarely are. Fans of material components can will be able to purchase these Terrell decks <laughs> soon. <laughs> I mean, hundreds, merch, merch, Elliot Reed, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Can I, the rate at which I, I design posters is uh, makes like glacial speed look like a fucking like Formula One car. <laughs> I mean, I would be the first. Per- I would, I would purchase one of those uh, for hundreds of dollars. So, yeah. But as yeah. you are trooping out she would uh wish you a great many thanks and uh as you're coming back aboard the ship the you find your pilot duma there and he's like everything okay uh yeah she wasn't uh like a ghost ship vampire or like some weird space monster so a pretty good day okay okay excellent well, you're hoping nice lady gets where she is going. Yeah, I think she'll be all right. Okay. Loading back up, you uh, say your goodbyes to Babbed, and she wishes you fair travels. Yeah, once everyone's, like, loaded off, I'll be like, oh, hey, I I, I forgot something really quick. I think I left something in, in Babs ship really quick. I'm going to run back. Uh, before okay. we, like detach, um, yeah. And she will. Hey. Oh, uh, apologies. Did you forget something? Um. Yeah. This is um. How much for one of the one of the like regular ones? Not, oh nothing. no! I, I I absolutely. You can have one on the house. Oh really? Oh okay. Well, I was going to ask. Did any of you take her up on that offer? Yeah, I grabbed a dragon deck. Okay. And there are more than just those three varieties, by the way. There are lots and lots of different types. Is there something more, I don't know, something that's not quite as, uh, how, how do I put this? Religiously uh, significant? Yeah. Uh, there is, yeah, there are 
There's ones of cats. There's ones of planets. There's ones of uh, corporate logos. There's all sorts. I'll go with the Oh, God, I want to do the corporate logo. That's good. (laughs) That's very funny. You grab one that's cats? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, is, Is this, like... Is this something that would be good for like, like kids? Is this? I I I, I don't know. Oh yes, absolutely. Like uh, the ch- oh, okay. Children tend to love. They read into this sort of thing all the time. I know when oh, when my sisters and I were young. We that's how I got into this to begin with. We would sit around and do card readings of each other all the time. Uh, Namain, she would always make up the meanest things about uh, me and my sister. Ugh. Perfect. Yeah, that, that, well, thank you. Of course, thank you. And then I go back to the ship. Okay. Did anyone else grab one of the, the free Terrell decks? I think Oswald was going to, but then he was uh, a bit distracted by his reading. Uh, okay. He kind of left, uh, sort of lost in thought. And Shay, you grab a dragon one? Yeah. Cool. So yeah, flipping through it, you would see all of the depictions of the nine dragons plus a uh, eight, 18 other cards that are uh numbered from 1 to 18 with different little numerology depictions on them nice. and you detach from the phantom queen the tiresian now bound last i heard back towards akalar to go boot a bowl off the back of the ship yeah but in the meantime, the plan. <laughs> you've got a lot of flying to do, maybe some people to contact, some decisions to be made about the future of Oracle Zero and your relationship to the Cole Foundation, and exactly where the Storm's Repose is somewhere in the galaxy is something you probably have to determine if you plan on going back there. Yeah. yeah. But all of those things will be waiting for Oracle Zero next time, and as those readings linger in your heads let you ponder just how much this episode was Mike Gargoni calling his shot we shall see because as always you can find us online at matcomrpg on twitter and instagram you can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com we always love hearing from all of our listeners you can find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. I am always there talking about D&D and other RPGs and also just a lot of other nerd stuff. So come hang out. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. I'm an illustrator and graphic designer doing a lot of tabletop RPG and other fan art. You can also support me on Patreon and Coffee. Links to both of those are in my Twitter profile. You can find me at the Readamus on Instagram and Twitter, where I post jokes and lots and lots of photos of nature. So come check it out. And you cannot find me on social media, but what you can do is support our show by rating and reviewing it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Please, please, please do so. Indeed, and finally, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at MKGorgoni, where I'm always happy to talk about all things material components. But as always... The world is chaos, so please, be kind to each other. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.